You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. time here and we are back with another episode of the cinnamon and sugar podcast oh fellas 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 i'm so proud of us two weeks in a row we made the podcast <laughs> oh how was your weekend fellas god no let's 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 just start right here time let's just start right here i know it's the preseason i know it's the preseason do you still feel the same way about Bryce Young that you felt before the preseason started? What, what are you talking about? He's played like seven snaps or something. You know, like, <laughs> that, so so you telling me seven snaps is not enough for you to project this man's future when you've been doing this your entire life on what you've seen in an instance you gave no. it on? Come on. That's just okay. silly. All right. That's just okay. silly. Fair enough. We can kick it off with the podcast question that we ended it with the podcast last week uh, because we said we was going to get to it, and I want to make sure that we get to it. Does money change you, or does money change the perspective of the people around you? Hear what you got. Um. I think money can change people like time, but for the average people, I think money can change you, but I do think it definitely changes the perspective probably more of the people around you because they assume they know what you do with your money. They think, oh, he has all this money. He can do all this. He can do all that. He's doing all that. He's spending all this money when they have no idea. And I think it changes people's perspective more than it changes you. But now there are the exceptions where people can be changed by money and be a completely different person. But I would say as a whole, I think people's perspective changes more than money changes you. My turn? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You distracted over there, dude? I think the answer is both, which is kind of what Gary said, but... um, I think it depends on how much money you're talking about, you know, like uh, how much money is, is does money change you? Because if I all of a sudden become a millionaire tomorrow, <laughs> I'm not podcasting with you losers anymore. <laughs> we know. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, no, I, think, not. I think it does change people and it's going to change people's perspective of you unless I mean, at first, it's going to change their perspective unless you continue to be the same person. And then, you know, uh, they'll probably still have the same. But at first, everybody's going to have that that look of like, oh, now he got money. Because then it's people that you I mean, you guys know better than anyone. People that that you barely talk to as soon as you get that bag. Oh, can you donate to this, this and that? Can you hey, can, can you break me off a little bit of this, this and that for. You know, because whereas you just went from being a friend, now you're, oh, possible help. You could, you could possibly help me out. So I disagree with the notion of that over time, once they see you haven't changed, that they still have a different perspective. I think they always will have a different perspective. Because even when, when you get money, they're like, oh, if you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend the money. They're like, well, you got the money. It shouldn't matter. Like, you got the money. You can do it. That perspective is still there because they know you have the money. It doesn't matter if they know you your whole life. Hey, I'm a, I'm a cheap person. I don't spend a lot of money. Even if I have it, doesn't mean I need to spend it or I should be spending it. And I think people's perspective, now that they know you have the money, no matter what, they're always going to be like, oh, yeah, you should still spend your money. You can still do all this. You shouldn't be able to use that as an excuse of, I don't, I don't want to spend the money anymore because you have it. When that's a legitimate reason, no matter how much money you have, if you don't want to do something to spend the money on it, you should have never feel the pressure from any outside person and saying, oh, you should do this. You have the money or trying to make you feel bad about not wanting to spend the money. And so I think that perspective is always going to be there. I don't think that changes even if they know, know you well or anything like that. I can see that. D, what's your thoughts? 
Okay, I'm finna tell y'all something, and y'all may disagree with me on this. I 100% think it does not change you. I think it honestly changes the perspective around you. And the reason is, is because things that you've been doing your entire life, like nobody knows how you were raised. Nobody knows what you've gone through. Nobody knows any of that. For instance, I'll give you a case in point. There's certain things that Beyonce, Jay-Z, Oprah, and a lot of other people can't say because it's just assumed that they have no idea what the hell they're talking about because they've never been there before. Because the way we see them as how much money they have. So it has everything to do with perspective and has nothing to do with the fact that they've changed. Uh, also, too, if I was cheap when I had $2 and I'm cheap when I'm $200 million, like what's the, like why is it an issue now? And it wasn't an issue then, but it's an issue now. Perspective of other people. So I honestly believe that it's more so that than, and it's a cop out when people be like, oh, you let it change you. Like, nah, I've always been this person. I've always felt like this. I've always did things that I've wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, now that you think that you found a source on why I could have potentially changed, you're going to use that against me? I think it's crazy. I honestly do. And people use their perspective of not understanding that it's them and not you against you all the time just to get what they need out of you. So it's 100%, I think, my opinion is it's more so perspective than a person actually changing, to be honest. Because, like, let's just say these hood dudes. Let's just say it's a hood dude, a rapper or something, that uh, all his life was like he was raised in the hood or whatever, and he gets a lump sum of money. Why would I purchase a house right where I I, I don't, I, and even if I do purchase one, it'll be for like friends, family, or somewhere like that. But then I got to move because I know exactly what's going on in the area that I've lived and I've been raised in and, and gone through these certain things. So yeah, I'm like, why are you saying that I've changed when the whole process was I want to make it big and I want to get out of my situation that I'm in. And that's I that's why I said I agree. I think it's more perspective. Now there are people that money changes you completely. That that does happen. I just don't think it's as as prevalent as people make it out to be. I think it's people's perspective changes and then they get that thing. Because even like if you get money and you decide to spend money, that doesn't mean you changed you. You're just you're using a little bit of the wealth you have created to do something for yourself that you have never had the opportunity to do. And people may see as, oh, he's doing this. Now you can be extravagant and go over the top. And then that's when it's like, oh, he changed because it's all about trying to show up appearances. But if you do buy a house or you buy a car, well, you've never had that opportunity in your life. Well, that's not changing. That's just doing something you've never had the opportunity to do. So I think it's a, there's, I think people just jump to the conclusion that money changes you if you do anything different. But then when you stay the same and you have money, now everybody's perspective changes. And they're like, well, you have the money. You should do this, this, because it's what they want you to do, not what you want to do. What you got, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I still think money can change people. Um, but I see y'all's perspective on it uh, as far as you can still be who you are um, just with money now. And that, it, I think it's just, it's going to go both ways. Yeah. But see, here's the thing, though. Like, if I wasn't able to be who I was due to the fact that I didn't have money and now I'm able to be who I was, does that change me? Because my thing is, for all, all my life, I wanted to go to Disney World. And I never had any money to go to Disney World. Now I got the money to go to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World all the time. And they just like, damn, bro, you changed. You just didn't have no money. Correct. <laughs> That's perspective, I think. It's perspective. That's what I mean by right. people seeing people changing. It's not that I changed. 
I've always wanted to do this. No. You didn't listen to my dreams because you didn't think I, I was able to achieve them. I, I think the reason why time says people change, because like he said, if he won the lottery, he would no longer do the podcast. I think that is a true statement, and that means he would have changed. It had nothing to do with anything else, but I think he would change and not want to do it because he won the lottery. We probably never no, see time it, again. It, 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 it has nothing to do with him changing. It has everything to do with if I won the lottery, Gary. I'm quitting my job and I'm done with everybody. <laughs> well, you've already I, done I, that, I, sir. No, no, no. But I'm saying I'm talking about from his perspective. So I understand that, Gary. I understand why he wouldn't do this podcast because he don't have to work anymore. And this is considered work for him. We know that because he barely show up. That is correct. <laughs> you show, he takes so many vacations. You, you only do that on the job, and that's how I know he feels like this is a job. So you have to respect him for him seeing this as a job. So, yeah, he going to quit, just like any other See, I disagree person would do. Well, because like what, like you said, like if you win the lottery, well, D, me and you have, in, in lesser terms, have won the lottery, and we're still doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you got to understand. Does that mean we're a better person than time? Hundred percent. But okay. this is the but this time. is this is the cinnamon and sugar podcast. So that's Correct. the difference. Correct. So but you but you have a star and role as the host. I don't get no love in the title though. No, not yet. <laughs> but you get love if it ever gets sold. That's right. That's right. So, and that's all that matters, really. <laughs> no, I, but yeah, I think it's I can see that. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they talk about the best wrestlers are the ones that they are still themselves, but just amplified. And I think that's kind of what, you know, money does. It allows you to amplify who you are because you're now able to do more of what you've always wanted to do. <laughs> yes, yes. But is that changing a person, though? Is that just a person just simply living? Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying, where that might not be a, a changing um, to a degree. I would, I would say the way you – how you would de determine if somebody changed is if they cut off everybody else that they knew beforehand. Like, to me, that's changed. Like, if you cut that's off all your gonna, friends that, and, that, and stuff like not, that. No, no. What? You have lost your damn mind. That's you're telling changing, me, bro. you're telling me, if I won the lottery and I say, D, don't bother me no more. I got too much money. I don't need to deal with you. You're not going to think I changed, Gary? If I won the lottery and everybody I used to hang around with was drug dealers before I won the lottery, that's different. I'm right. talking about normal it's, people. It's, it doesn't. You you can't talk about normal people. Friendships are friendships, regardless of what their job titles are. So with you saying that, you're saying. I'm telling you right now, yes, you damn right. I will win the lottery and I will change on you depending on if that's the case. Yes. Yes, if I, that's the case. But if you're a normal person, no. Like for like I said, me and you, for example, if I win the lottery and I say, like, hey, yeah. D, sorry, I don't want to be around you no more. I got too much money. Yeah. I don't need you around. Yeah. How would yeah. you feel about that? Let's, let's be realistic here. I, that's let's realistic. No, this is real. Uh, this is being realism, realistic. How many rich people do you know won the lottery? Obviously, once they won it, they were rich. But how many rich people? I, I haven't. I've yet to hear a millionaire come out and be like, "Oh, I won 160 billion." Like millionaires, they don't even play the lottery. Well, you know, well, millionaires also wouldn't tell you because they wouldn't want people to know that they won, and they would put it in a trust so you would never find out that they won. True story, true story. Just because they'd have a little more, they'd, they'd have a little more into knowing, like, like, how can we get around what people don't know that I won? When the average person, they maybe want to tell everybody, and they're going to show it by, like, the person that won the one billion or the two billion dollar Powerball in California. That person's already bought two thirty million dollar mansions. Everybody knows exactly who it is because he went and bought two thirty million dollar mansions right away. So you gave away everything about you right away because of you flaunting what you had. Now, do you need to? No. But you can do what you want. You've never had the opportunity before. Maybe it was for his moms. It could be. I don't know. I'm just saying he bought two $30 million mansions. But right. I actually, since we're talking about lottery, I got a question for both of you then. Um, with the lottery, 
if you won the lottery, would you take the lump sum or would you take it over the installments over 30 years? And just for clarification, so everybody knows, if you do the installments over 30 years, you can have it where it's set. If something happens, it gets left to a trust or to a family member uh, and or kids or whatever. It can be passed on and continue going to your family after something happened to you. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll, just I, say, we'll say it's a billion dollar you won and you're going to get $470 million or if you take over 30 years, you end up getting about $950 million, but it just takes 30 years. Gary, I'm telling you right now, I I am never taking the lump sum. I'm taking over the lifetime because lump sum, you can make dumb decisions and be back where you started. Lifetime, you can make those horrible decisions time after time after time after time after time until you figure it out and get it fixed. Once you run out of money, you run out of money when you take that lump sum, but the it protects yourself against yourself and you get more. Uh, so I'm definitely taking the uh, the payout. Time? Uh, lump sum, 100%, no questions. Because uh, just over, thir- look at over the past 30 years, how much the value of the dollar has changed in general with inflation and look at the all the different vehicles you have as far as investing that you can use to grow that money itself like you can put that lump sum into some investment vehicles and and have more than that saved up uh in less years and you can and the thing about the whole 30 year thing is like yeah i see that you don't want to get rid of it but do you think that you're not going to try to leverage some of like hey you know you're gonna see you're gonna say a bank isn't gonna you know Oh, okay, yeah, we'll loan you this because we know you're getting this amount of money next year. You're gonna the people would end up leveraging years of their payments. I would guarantee it. So to me, take the lump sum, do what you're gonna do, but also you can invest it to make more money. Everything you said sounds ridiculous, bro. Listen to what you're saying. So let me let me tell you what you just said, Tom. What you just said, you just said nine hundred and fifty. Five million dollars over thirty years, and the value of the dollar going down, and all this. You do first of all, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be close to that much. But yes, it is. It one thousand percent is. So your taxes, you don't you get you get a better break, and you get more money if you take the thirty. 30, 30 year lump sum. If it, if it was a billion, years. if it was a billion dollars, you would walk away with right around nine hundred and something million versus four fifty taking the lump sum or three ninety taking the lump sum. He, he he started the conversation off by saying that time. Mm. I've, now I've done the research in that because I was wondering why people, so many people take the thing when the lumps. If you take the over thirty years, you get almost double time. the money you would be getting as a lump sum. Tom, Tom, now listen now, now listen to what I'm about to say, and this is why it bothers me that you have the way of thinking that you're having. Now, we just clearly, I just said that rich people don't win the lottery. So we're going to go under the impression that this is a normal person that won the lottery. What the hell are you trying to purchase with $465 million that you can't purchase for a meal or two because you ain't had it to start this whole process off to begin with. So what kind of taste do you have that you're going to need this lump sum right now versus taking it out over 30 plus years? It blows my mind that people think like that. Yeah, well, my thing is, is you you can invest the money today and make more money in that time than just getting that and here and I actually looked up this is a, a mega millions payout calculator that comes straight from like the lottery website uh one or uh, I, I put 10 million so let me let me get this calculate these payouts because it is not even close so 463 million is the net payout if you do a lump sum because you got 610 million uh, is the gross payout minus 150 in taxes. The annuity payout is 760 million, which yes, it's still more, but it's not. It's not. It's still you know 200 million so less than it would. It would it, so here's your example. I, I'm same thing you're talking about. They used 
a uh, Mega Million as a jackpot as of Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, which was $33 million. You would get 30 payments of $1.1 million. You'd Your taxes would be 730000 versus your taxes would be $9.9 million if you take your $15 million lump sum. That's what your payout of taxes would be based off of that. I don't know. So I, your I, net, I, here you go, net payout. Now this was, I'll, I'll use Florida because there's no state tax. So your net payout would be 9.9. .9, and after 30 years, 30 payments, yours would be 21 million. Now that's only if you do that. Now, if you type, if you make, where's the billion dollar payout, it's hundreds of million dollar difference. Right. Which one are you doing? Me, I'm doing the over 30 years now that the fact that I can leave into a trust because you can say, oh yeah, I, I can make investments. Yeah, you could. And also those investments could fail and you lose all your money, then what? So like you no, can take- No, guaranteed though. There's nothing's guaranteed investments other than a CD, which give you like a three to 4% return. Yeah, you have investment. low ones, you have low ones. Yeah. But I'm saying, but, but yeah. so just imagine though, so say if it was four, if you were getting four, 390 or well, even lower, we'll say 840, okay, for the 30 years versus the lump sum, okay? So if you imagine you're getting 840 over 30 years and it, it goes up, it's supposed to go up 5% every year. So you may start off with $8 million. You can take that $8 million and invest if you want to, if you want to invest, or you can Gear. take 5 million, Gear. keep it. Gear. What? Gear. He He said he's taking the lump sum because he went from somebody that was a thousand there, Gary, that that had dreams and aspirations. Here's the thing, though, Gary. Even when you have dreams of aspiration, nobody has dreams of aspirations of purchasing a eighteen million dollar house. Like nobody says, like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have a thirty. We just go for like a big house. He can get a big house for less than. I mean, he can get a really nice house for six million. You can like, get a really nice house for." Nine hundred thousand. Well, not now, but yes. Gary, that's Depends on where you live. I'm talking about he. Maybe he want to elevate and want to park a spaceship in it, and he want to do some other stuff. So he gonna pay six million dollars for this house. I don't understand the need for the lump sum, the four hundred and sixty-nine million dollars for somebody that had twenty-two dollars in their bank account. What? What? No, what no, kind of? No, I would say it would make sense for somebody if they were like eighty years old and one. Because now you have a chance to spend it. You're not going to be around for 30 years. But if you think you're going to easily be around for 30 years, then yeah, you can do it. Because yeah. now you're also setting if up I'm, for your family if I'm too. 80 years old. What am I spending it on? Here? All anything you want for your last 10 years of life, probably. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because wow. you're not going to get that 30 year. You you want to spend some of it. But I I just think if like we're young enough, time's young enough. To me, 30 years would make sense because. You don't need that lump sum. You can still make money off of it every year. You know that money's coming in. If you take an investment, you can take a chance, and you don't care if you lose it because, hey, I have more coming in next year. You take a huge investment and you take that lump sum, you can lose that all. And then now you have nothing coming in. Now you got to go back to work. And I'm not saying time would do that. I think he'd be smarter with it, but that's what happens with a lot of people that win the lottery. That's why you hear the horror stories of people that win billion-dollar lotteries, $100 million lotteries go broke because they take the lump sum and spend it all because they just think, oh, I got the money. They don't think about it. Now, again, it's easy to say that because we, have, we, were, we were taught certain things that most people that don't have the money and they come into the money don't get taught. NFL taught us – We've met with people and learned how. All right. <clears throat> Listen to this. Listen to this. You can take a hundred million of your earnings, put it into a CD that is making three point one five percent for thirty years, and it will grow to two hundred and fifty three million in thirty years. Which you is said, you said a hundred million. Yeah. Okay. So that's like that's if you just take a hundred million and invest it, and you that puts you right where you would have been over the thirty years, and you know you got more. Like so, if you do two hundred, you do two hundred. So just take half of your, and then you can double that. 
So you're saying the positive side of taking a lump sum and taking a huge tax hit is the fact that you can now invest that $469 million and make way more money than you ever Hold on. would. I don't right. think what he's not clarifying is, okay, so say you do your $100 million, you made $200 million, $250. So that's $350. Okay, $350. Nice. Uh, and then you do it again. You say you put two hundred, so you made seven hundred and fifty. Two hundred turns into five hundred and seven million. Okay, so you got five hundred seven million. Well, go ahead and slash that by another uh, three hundred thousand when you take it out, because you got to pay taxes on that. Right. But you, so all that money you just made, you're paying back the taxes. I think that's with taxes. You you think you don't know. The only, only ones that are without tax are tax-free bonds, which you won't have to pay right. taxes on. But a CD, you do pay taxes on. I don't know what the percentage is. I know it's lower, but I'm just saying, okay, you take 40% in tax instead of 50 or 30, whatever it would be. Especially with if a millionaire tax passes, you're still, you may not, you're right. not, you may gain 250 or whatever. And if we thing. bump that up to 4%, it's $650 million. Yeah, but again, it, if you can get it, and if the market doesn't crash, all there's so many things to take into account with that. That's and a lot of money. But that's tie also, in. but that's also to say is like CDs are the safest. Can you yes. imagine if you have that money and you actually like find an aggressive, you know, manager that can actually? <laughs> you guys know this way more than I do. You guys have financial planners, I'm sure. I, I've always, I've always wondered like, like what's the first thing you're buying, like. Not not the first thing you're buying. How much is the value of the first thing you're buying? Like, are we going into this thing like saying, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on the house? Or are we just going in saying, hey, 20 mil. I'm trying to buy Jay-Z house? 20 mil. Buy- 20 mil. What? Mm-hmm. My first purchase is going to cost about $20 million. What is it your first purchase? I'm buying every house and property on my road, and I'm building my own, the house from gra- from the ground up. You really go make okay. the get the varnish compound complete. Yeah, because like I would love to build a house from the ground up, and I've never had that opportunity. But again, I would set a budget at myself. I wouldn't build a ten million dollar house. I'm building a one and a half million because that's what it's going to cost to build a, a nice size house. I'm not going to buy build a ten million. But now this house, house going to cost you twenty million to even start because you're buying all the neighbors' property. Well, that's what no. So I'm saying I, I think it's twenty one no, million. No, I think it's going to be about fifteen million dollars to buy the whole, all the lots on my road and, and then tear five, all the houses down. Or if if D wants to move his mother and father, they can have one of the houses, stuff like that. Like I, I have places that like if if friends wanted to buy a house, I have no problem with it. But I own all of it. Like you don't have to do anything, but that that's what it would be. I would want to own all the houses on my street. I bet Gary's hell play Monopoly with boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, my first purchase, whatever whatever amount, I don't think it'd be that much because I don't foresee my mom wanting that big a house, but be buying her house with her wraparound porch. That's her always <laughs> been her dream. So you just built her that house. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, That's wild, bro. I'll have some That's land wild. for her. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we both win it. No, but yeah. I got an, I got another question for you. It's kind of a shift well, hold on. Let me give Let me give an update first of uh, the oh, hell. Here topic we go. last year, last yeah. week about the, Here uh, we go. the I, friend I'm situation. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited so about this. We have a week away. We're two weeks away from when I'm going to get the full update. My buddy was letting me know. He's like, he hasn't – the guy, the friend that changed all the different times on coming has went radio silent, hasn't text, haven't said anything about it, hasn't mentioned anything. So I, I think yeah, I, I, no, I think I he's no gonna way, show bro. up. This is I told you, I told you that he was this this friend was gonna ghost this other yeah. friend, man. I, yeah, I, I'm I, telling I, you right now, man, it's I, gonna be a ghost show and his name's gonna be Casper. And it ain't gonna be friendly. I think he's gonna show up, but I don't know. I, it could change where he shows up Saturday evening and leaves Sunday morning, and then just misses the draft. Who knows what's gonna happen? Because he's went radio silent. From what my friend told me, I don't know. It's gonna be intriguing. I know he keeps counting down the days. Because uh, again, he he had brought up a good point that I, I didn't even think about the other day. He when I was talking to him, he's like, I understand if he had to work on like a 
on that Sunday, but that still didn't excuse why he didn't want to come on Wednesday and golf and all that. He could have came Wednesday and left on Sunday, but he's coming Friday. Like he's missing golfing and all that kind of stuff when he was going to do that in the first place. So I, I, I didn't think about that in the first place. So it's, it's interesting that that person's doing that to somebody they call a friend. That's, that's wild, man. What you got anything to say, Tom? Well, I just, I don't, I, I don't know with friends like that, who needs enemies type thing, you know? Yeah, it's crazy, man. We should we should have a full update in uh, two weeks. It happens Labor Day weekend, so I'll reach out to him after Labor Day weekend and find out what actually went down and if anything changed. Um, it's not looking good. If I had to say, the odds are probably ninety nine to one that it doesn't. Nothing changes, <laughs> but I don't know. But I, I'm I'm letting you know right now from here on out weekly updates on this until. Okay, I'll we give you another the, weekly update. Final answer. Yeah, okay. we need another update. And then I'll actually, reach out to him. Yeah, then the second week after that, yeah, reach out to your friend and uh, kind of keep us he, updated. He, he might not get back to me till like Wednesday or Thursday because he's pretty, he's pretty like heartbroken about it because it the person had like four months of notice and did nothing about it, so he's a little upset. Wow. I'm not gonna lie. Everyone is on the edge of their seats waiting for updates on that. <laughs> wow. oh sorry okay time you can go ahead and give the rest of the i know it's something yeah. different so i just had to get the update for everybody all right i know people are interested in it right oh yeah for yeah. sure for sure so many people out there are like what are the hell are they even talking about <laughs> so i had a question so we're watching a show the other day and an interesting question came up so the show is uh this couple is going to marriage counseling right and after one of their sessions, they go to lunch and they see their therapist with a different woman than his wife. And I was like, I turned, you know, to Cynthia. And I'm like, so if you catch your marriage therapist cheating, because that's essentially what the, the show, you know, made out to see like the therapist was cheating. Um, do you have to get a new marriage counselor? One. Two, does your marriage counselor owe you a refund for all the therapy they've been giving you when clearly they they themselves are not able to, uh, you know, follow their own so, example? So, <laughs> so I've, I've had this same discussion with, with plus size trainers, like people that are heavy, that are not in right, shape, that are right, trainers. Right, 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 right. Like, like, how are they able to be trainers? And and the fact is this, like, how are people that are non-smokers that hadn't smoked a cigarette or something in their life leading AA meetings? You would think that you'd want somebody that has gone through what you've gone through so they know exactly how it feels and what it takes to beat this. Not somebody that's giving you, like, a second-hand, a second-hand account that somebody has never done it before. So I find this very interesting because obviously, I mean, granted, that's not something that you want to see, but I mean, they know what they're talking about because I mean, look, it's, it works. <laughs> um, I would say you'd have to actually know if they're actually cheating. It could not be cheating. Right. It could just be a friend. It could be a cousin, it could be a sister. You have no idea. And if well, you don't we, know, we're gonna take it. We're gonna take it as such, though, Gary. You gotta take it as such, not not change it and say we don't know. Let's yeah. just say that's what that is. Okay, so if it was cheating, then yes, you need a different marriage counselor. But talking about marriage counseling in the first place, I have a follow up question: How long is it, were these people going to marriage counselor? How many years? How many years they've been together? Is any of that stuff expressed? Uh no, I don't know. It's I think that. I mean, the show just makes it seem like they had recently just started going, um, and I think that I think they've been married for like 10, 10 plus years. Because I know there's people that go that do like marriage or couple counseling that's been going for like five years and been together for like six. Well, I think it's time to just end that relationship. I don't think things like that are positive. If you're gonna, if you have to go to counseling to stay with somebody for X amount of years and you've only been together for like one year before and then you had to start counseling, that means that relationship's not going well. It's not worth sticking with it because what counseling obviously is not helping if you're still going to counseling for five years and you've been dating for six or married for six, 
something's not right in that relationship from one side or the what, other. What, well, now, this is what I heard, Gary. Now, this is what I heard. Like, I understand what you're saying. But I've heard that from person to person, things are not much different because you're going to always experience something in the other person that you don't like. So maybe it's like, hey, not putting the toilet seat down in this guy, but like maybe leaving the gas on empty in the car. Like there's always something. It's just a matter of what you can put up with and what you can't put up with. Yeah, but how does marriage counseling help that? Uh, that that's that was the question I had. Like, what? Well, because it was more of a tangent on like marriage counseling or yeah, couples well, counseling. Well, it's more so like 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 teaching people to accept something that they didn't used to accept. Yeah, but why does that have to be as a couple? And can't you do that just going to your own therapist and talking about it? Why does the other well, person need to need, hear that? Well, some some people need a like a neutral outlet, Gary, where. Where somebody calls somebody and says, hey, man, what do you think here? And because they're professional and listening, we value their opinion highly. And so what they say usually, like, it holds a lot of weight. Yeah, but if it if you're still going to counseling five years later, four years later, obviously something's still not working. Oh, yeah. I didn't like, that. that's my thing. Is like, I don't understand, like... If you go to count, if you do marriage or couple counseling, I, you're I didn't know for, they was that long. No, I'm just I saying in general. Why. This this is just in general. If somebody's doing it for five, six years, and you've only been together for seven or eight, obviously something's not going right. If you're still seeing for that long, I don't understand why you're still trying. I understand people like you. If you make, go for a year like, or two, whatever, yeah. that's a long time to be doing couple what, counseling. What if, it's, what if it's like medicine, though, Gear, which is it is. They, they treat therapy and such like medicine. It's like medicine, bro. When you go on blood pressure medicine, depending on how you are, you on that for life. Medicine's only so temporary. Yeah, life is too. Yeah, but it's a temporary <laughs> fix. And then you then the, those other things pop back up until you take that medicine again. So and like that's why I'm telling you that's why you got to keep going to therapy because you got to keep taking that medicine. Yeah, but if you, you to get but if you think about it, if you just in the relationship, you don't have to do the marriage counseling. You won't need that medicine anymore and you'll be happier. You may have you won't have to deal with that stress of dealing with all the count because some people can't handle that. But maybe it may be better off to end it. And a counselor, they may they're not a marriage counselor or a couples counselor. They're not going to be like, hey, you should end the relationship because they're making money off you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't think that they're honest enough to tell you like hey man y'all should probably shut this thing down well they may mention like subtle i don't think they're like hey y'all probably should end this uh and go your own way i don't think they're gonna go that route because hey i just lost somebody that guarantees to come here every week oh, that's a lot of money that. you're turning down yeah especially now, for five i could years. be completely wrong i don't know i'm just saying in general i don't know how i'm just saying i there's people out there that go to couples and marriage counseling for five ten years I just, why are you still sticking that out? Like something's obviously not right that you're needing to have to go to counseling all the time to fix whatever's going on. To me, you just, if you can't fix it in the first few years with it, then it's obviously probably not going to change. So it's not, right. why are you still fighting for it? You can say love, all that kind of stuff, but you're still putting yourself through so much turmoil, heartache, because you're having to go through therapy just to deal with it as a couple. I see what you're saying. Time, you got any inputs on that stuff? I know it's different than what your question was, but yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, because it's funny because I just thought, you know, D kind of led into it, but my next thing was gonna be like, there's just so many examples of it, like uh, a fat fitness trainer or a preacher yeah. that gets caught, like, uh, you know, doing yeah. something that is very against what preachers yeah, should be doing. Now, now it's kind of now it's kind of up to you to figure out, like, do I want somebody that has gone through it or going through it? They kind of know exactly what they're talking about to save me from this. Like if somebody that was smoking told me, hey, don't smoke. And I'm and I go like, man, you smoke. And he's like, yeah, I know I can't get off of it. And, and told you the dangers of smoking cigarettes versus somebody that's never smoked a cigarette in their life. Tell you like it's dangerous for you. Like, but well, how do you it, how do you it, know? 
it also well in the counseling aspect it could have the negative effect of somebody that's going through it okay so say you see your male or female counselor out like he said and they're with somebody else that's not their significant other wife or whatever and they're cheating well now that person may be like oh well it's obviously working for them maybe i should try to cheat it could have that negative no. effect you don't know if the person is no. telling them to do this stuff and you see them out it could subconsciously be like, oh, it's all right, obviously. It's working. No, nah, but you got to understand that they're paying for this. So you're, you're going to have to make a decision on whether or not you want to keep going. And and after you make that decision, then that's where, like, a, a better question is, is what if somebody was, uh, like, the person is with their therapist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a better one. Like, do you still keep going to see him? No. Yeah, I, that, that was my that was my take. I was like, I, I definitely don't think that you can continue to see them, but I don't know that you could get a refund. No, uh, get a refund. That's that's wild, man. That's crazy. That's so you're not taking baby advice from people that don't have babies. I, I, again, <laughs> I think you should be able to. I've had that conversation. We had that conversation. We know we've had this conversation. We you stood up That's for- what I'm saying. Like I don't. I it's it's wild to me that this is even okay. Like right. I, so I would I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that's like taking baby. It, I, that's like taking baby advice from somebody whose baby got baby's got taken away from them yes. by CPS. Right. But I think it's this, different. This, but this is this is what I'm saying though. This this is all I'm saying right here. I'm not saying that I'm I'm gonna follow his path or her path or I'm gonna do what's right or wrong. But now if we could say that we could take advice for those that have never done it before, then we should be able to take take advice from those that have done it or is doing it, but we also should be able to separate them doing their business versus actually running their business because from what i've learned from pastor over the years those are completely different i agree i think it's also you you'll take you may just take it like more less serious than you normally would if you caught them in doing something else right you still may listen but you're not going to take it too hard as you you would otherwise yeah you see what i'm saying like yeah it's kind of one of those things to where like you know uh, I, I mean, I'll bring this up. There's a lot of, there's a few artists out there that have really good music, but are terrible people off the mic. But we don't discredit it. Like they can still be great musicians and horrible people. Yes, no, I agree. Uh, you gotta be a separate too. I agree. Yes. Uh, I had one last question, and then we can end it if y'all want. I don't. I know we're going. It'll be, it's gonna be a good one though. I want y'all's opinion. Okay. I know we talked about bringing this up a while back. We didn't bring it up, but I would like to get y'all's opinion. Um, I know the video that went around a couple weeks ago where this woman got jumped by like six girls, and her man came in and started throwing the girls around and getting them off as their, his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And people were giving him a hard time for hitting the girls and doing all that kind of stuff. So my question to y'all is, if your girl, wife, whatever, or your husband or whatever gets jumped by a bunch of other people, other girls of the opposite sex or men of the opposite sex, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to put your hands on the women? How are you going to separate and stop that situation from happening? So you say it's five girls jump your wife or your girlfriend. How are you handling that situation? Look here. I, this one was a tough one for me, man. I was hoping you didn't even ask this question. <laughs> this, this was really hard. Because you could change this from your wife or girlfriend to daughter or niece or whatever relationship you want to give but when you're talking about four or five people and you being the potential one that even those eyes man it's tough because i tell you i fight a little kid <laughs> you have really said that for me to, <laughs> yeah it's really tough though when it comes to women but i mean i don't know in that situation i probably blank out and just figure it out at the end like make it all make sense so this is a hard one for me to to, to answer, Gary. Time. 
Oh, you have to uh, get them, whatever you got to do to get them off your significant others. What is going to happen? I don't think I don't think it's a tough question at all. I mean, you know, how are you getting them off? Are you swinging or are you just throwing people? Kyle? That's what he's saying. He's saying, are right. you physically fighting these women or are you, quote unquote, just trying to get them off? Well, I think my first step would be trying to get them off. And then, you know, if it escalates to where it's like, all right, that's not getting the job done, then you have to escalate how you get the job done. It, to me, it's what, you got to get the job done. That's what, that's what, that's what the, 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 the means uh, is what changes based on getting to that end. So I, I would agree with time. I think if your significant other is getting jumped by five women and you're a male, then your job is to stop that from happening. And at first, you originally just throw them off. And if it keeps can coming back and continuing, you escalate and you end that situation so that way your significant other can get away. Because <laughs> it, otherwise, what do you You can't just sit there and watch, call the cops. You're just going to let that happen? Like, yeah. you can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. People can and, get mad all they like, want. And you feel like you're justified. Yes, you have to be. What are you supposed – again, what are, the, what are you – okay – Oh, sorry, cop comes up. Sorry, these six women were jumping my wife, and you want me to just not hit them? One thousand percent, that's not going to be the case. I think you would win that in the court of law because it is. I don't know what the term is. Time may know the time. The Defense term. of others. Yeah, like you're. It's just like if you saw somebody getting jumped and you don't even know the person. I think if you went and tell, I think you would still be in the right. If you saw just a random girl getting jumped by seven girls and you went and defended her and just helped her, I think you'd be in the right too. I don't even think it has to be your significant. I think that's just the right thing to do. You don't allow that to happen. And I think you're justified in that. Okay. Personally. 100%. There, here, look, I Googled it real quick. This is Texas law. Cause I mean, you know, each state has their own laws. Texas law as defined penal code 933 states that a person is justified in using force or deadly force against another to protect a third person when one you believe the use of force is immediately necessary to protect that third person against the use or attempted use of unlawful force and you reasonably believe your intervention is required to protect that person so essentially do they need help do they need you to step in to help them? If so, you're good. <laughs> Which I think makes sense because if you're getting jumped, I think you're, it is needed. That force is needed. And that's why I have a problem with like people that were booing the person. Like He's literally doing something that you should be doing if that happened to your significant other as well. Yeah, I'm doing that too. I'm doing that too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, I'm talking about booing him. It was crazy because people were going, giving him crap and booing him, all that kind of stuff. But like, if it was your significant other, I'm expecting you to do the same thing. Everybody that booed, yes. then you can't do that. You have to just watch your significant other get hammered on and beat up. That's not that's not right. Yeah. So like, but what's your on, what's so your number though? What's your number before you intervene? Like, is it two? Is it three? Like, is it four? Is it five? It's two. If it's one, well, if it's one, I can one, stop it without worked over. Like, well, I can, I can get her away. Tyson's sister. Well, if it's she just whoop her ass. If it's one, I can get her away. I don't have to like escalate where it gets like I can, I can restrain and get away. That's not an issue. The, if it's the, two, in the process though, so, in the process of you breaking them up, you catch one in the jaw, bow gear. What you doing? You still just hold the back? Well, I might go back. to grab and my elbow may slip, but hey, I can't control that. <laughs> I mean, you're flailing around and I'm trying to just restrain you and my elbow slipped. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you, you ended up on the guys. ground. I don't know. <laughs> I thank you guys for joining the sentiment. Of <laughs> oh, I like I how you ended with that. Not the last one. I hope this is not the last one. I hope you guys don't cancel us. Because, uh, you know, this cancel culture is strong, Gary. And what you just said right there could get us canceled. Defending your significant other, you should be allowed to do what you need to do to stop imminent harm from happening. Okay. No matter gender. No matter gender. Because imagine that person, your significant other, got knocked out. Like, got punched, got knocked out, and they're, they're kicking in the head. I'm coming over with a Superman punch. Like, that ain't happening. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's stopping 
I got. I like how, hey, I like how you went to one of the goats wrestling moves. <laughs> oh, Superman punch. We'll be back next week with another episode and oh, another hold on, update. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For those that have uh, anybody that's watched the um, the Euro Shrine, if you want to see the full discussion of what we went over and the results oh, of yeah. us going over all the footage and. Now that it's time removed from what when we did the uh, investigation, go check out Skeptics Corner. It's on our YouTube on the Skeptic page. You can check out and see the whole aspect of what truly happened and what we felt like we experienced and how looking back on everything, how people feel now after they've reviewed the footage versus just in the moment. Which I would ask Time if he watched it, but I don't want to embarrass him because I know he hasn't. Oh yeah, I hadn't watched the uh, Skeptics Corner yet. And he probably uh, hasn't watched the Euroshine. No, I did. I did watch the Euroshine. Remember, we talked about that. I'm just uh, on the spot. Yeah, I even watched the uh, the bamboo forest part and all that. That was interesting. The bamboo yeah, it's cool. I will yeah. say, unless you're there and you don't see those ten thousand birds landing in there, it is crazy to see that happening. Yeah, and then walking walk in there at either. night. Yeah, the the birds don't move. Like they they're not flying out of there. They just they're it's a and you can't see them. You can't see them in the tree in the bamboo. You don't see them up there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back. Check that out. And I believe we have the uh, skeptics uh, corner. What is that? What's called skeptics corner? That is correct. It's coming to the uh, podcast channel as well. That is correct. So stay on the lookout yeah. for that. Um, and we will be back next week with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar and Time podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he wins the lottery, then he's That's out. That's right. Because if I win the lottery, I'm really out, motherfucker. <laughs> you are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.